Thought maybe you boys might be interested in putting on a big-time wrestling bout. You know, make a nice hunk of dough for yourself. It's time to fight! Santa? Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Morgan, you're out of here. You don't have the right temperament for the trade. You're a dead man. What am I supposed to do? There's always barber college. Frankie, I know you're a great wrestler, but my brother, who ain't as handsome as you, is as strong as Charles Atlas. Yeah, but I've wrestled women that are bigger than him. Sure, you got fat, sloppy women. Hello and welcome to Camel Clutch Cinema, the podcast where we talk about movies that star wrestlers or have wrestling in them. I'm Guy Hutchinson. And I'm Craig Cohen. And on this week's episode, we have a very special guest. You know her as Hollywood from Glow Wrestling. She's also an actress and stunt woman, Jeannie Bassone. Jeannie, how are you doing today? I am doing well. Thank you. I, I, I'm excited to talk to you. I got to tell you something. Uh, when I was a kid, I had your poster on my wall. And, <laughs> you're, making me, you're making me blush. But here's the thing. Here's the crazy thing. So I was a kid. I had this poster on the wall. I look you up. You're not much older than me. You must have been incredibly young when you were on TV. Pretty young. Pretty young. After high school. I, I, was, I was of legal age. How old? What What was the age you were when you started uh, wrestling on national oh, television? When rest, uh, probably twenty, twenty one. Really? Yeah, I was. A, I look back and I was a baby. Gosh, <laughs> back then you really didn't think that. <laughs> so, so let's uh, let's go through this. How did it happen that you ended up uh, wrestling on TV? What was the uh, What was the career path you had in mind? Okay, well. First of all, I didn't think that I was going to be a professional wrestler. You know, I always thought, you know, would I be a flight attendant? Would I be an archaeologist? I mean, those are the things that I like doing. I also had, you know, I loved theater a lot. And I'm like, gosh. So basically this landed in my lap by accident. I say that to a lot of people because I didn't go out and do um, auditions. Um, I had a regular job, so right after high school, I was in the in the medical field, and I was drawing some blood there. Um, kind of long story short, basically, some friends of mine were in entertainment. They were extras in the background on movies and TV, so they asked me to come down. Um, I love, so I took the day off. I tried being a background extra, and I'm like this is cool. We get get paid, and we they even feed us. Wow! I'm like this is really cool. But so they so the agency that that had sent me out had called one day and said, hey, we have an interview for you. It's about a sports television show. They did not tell me what the sports TV show was about. Can you go? So it was after work. I left. I went down to the Hyatt on Sunset in California, L.A., in Hollywood, and um, there was an audition. And there was probably, I don't know, three to 400 girls there. And so gave them a claim, was sitting up there with another gentleman, and they just started telling us that they were going to do a pilot for wrestling. <laughs> I'm like, I know all sports, but wrestling wasn't one of them. I'm like, oh boy, that's going to be, you know, but, but I was intrigued and excited. So I went down to the, the uh, training. Training was going to be Monday, Wednesday, Fridays um, for like two months. And it was after work, 7 to 10. I went down there. And you know what? Every day that I was there... 
I would look, and there was less and less women, so they were weeding out which people could do it and, you know, which ones couldn't. And I was just one of the ones that they kept, <laughs> and they um, called my character Hollywood. So that's basically how that, that happened. It was just uh, an, uh, an agency called the Atmosphere Agency called me, said go down. I went, and I wasn't even, I didn't even go the first two weeks. I, was, I just was like, mm-mm not quite sure about it. So I called, and they're like, we're still doing it. I'm like, okay. And I went <laughs> down, and here we are talking to each other. <laughs> so you were probably athletic going in. What was the hardest Absolutely. part of the training that you went through? Learning how to fall, learning how to land. Because you know what? When I, I scholastically played softball and volleyball all through high school, you know, in junior high school, I was playing volleyball and softball. Those were the sports that I did. So, but there was nothing like falling and landing properly and picking somebody up and draw, throwing them down. So basically, my, my leg. I mean, you know what? You think that you're you're in shape when you're 20 and 21 years old. I would wake up every morning, go, "Oh, my back! Oh, this! Everything was so sore. You just, <laughs> you know, bruised. Because you just don't know. You have to learn. You learn how to take those falls. And our trainer was Mondo Guerrero. He's an excellent trainer, and he worked us very hard. There was no playing around. You, you, know, you did what he said, and you did it right. Uh, you also were, on. <laughs> you did some training with Jean LaBelle? Oh, my gosh, that was later, yeah. That was later in time when I started getting into the into – actually, it was before stunts. I started getting into stunt work afterwards. Um, but, yeah, Jean LaBelle, he's hardcore, too. I would go to his classes – they were also in the evening uh, grappling classes, um, and there were probably at that time there was only probably three or four girls in the class. There were four guys, and so I liked training with with the males, you know, instead of the girls. I wanted, you know, more <laughs> more competition, you know, so that I could learn. And he's great. Tino does a nice man. And I worked with him on Married with Children. He played the ref when I was on on the show, um, so. And that was before I started training with him, which is kind of funny. <laughs> that was during my glow years. I uh, I, I want to plug your website, uh, JeannieBassone.com. Very nice, uh, well-put-together website. And you've got a lot of your credits there. But what I want to do is confirm or, or, or unconfirm, uh, whatever the right word would be, some of these things okay. on IMDb that are listed as unconfirmed. Do you know about this? Okay. Uh, I know IMDb really well, so let's let's look at it. All right. Well, it it says it says you're unconfirmed for being in Sister Act. Were you in Sister Act? Yes, I was. What you did? I'm uncredited, is what it is. Uh Yeah, I I didn't do anything besides I was an extra, basically. In that, I wasn't. I didn't have any lines in it. There's just a big close up of my face when Whoopi comes into the bar. She sneaks out and goes to the bar. I'm one of the biker chicks in the bar. So that's that's why they put that in there. But it is it's unconfirmed because. There's no lines. You're not credited. Right. But now we all know where it is. Yeah. But we can all find it. Absolutely. Oh, yes, you can. Uh (laughs) Basic instinct? Uh, Dancer. So I worked three days on that. And in the background, when Sharon Stone and Michael Douglas, I believe, are on that dance floor, they took three days to do that dance. All they do, they're just looking at each other, and there's a huge crowd scene. There are dancers in the background, and they're on on podiums. And uh, I'm the one way in the back on the right-hand side. All right. Yeah, we totally remember that scene. That's great. That's great. You getting back that to, scene, right? Yeah. Getting back to Glow, what was the filming schedule like for that? Um, 
the first two seasons, the the filming was done on Saturday afternoons, and um, but it was a long day. So you know, I'd get there probably around I don't know twelve o'clock, maybe eleven thirty, um, and then film all the way till five or six o'clock at night. And uh, the thing that was interesting is we just didn't go in and film one match. There were days when I was doing three and four matches. Goodness. And, you know, towards that last one, you're starting to get tired, pretty tired. So, you know, so like as like a live event, even though they were live, we taped in front of a live audience. It was just, it was a long day. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, oh, I loved it. Do you, did you have any <laughs> special, special memories of a, a particular day yes. that you, that you filmed? Yes. I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, the interesting thing that, that I love, one day we had motorcycles. Um, they're like, we need you on a motorcycle like we do. All I did is I made a phone call to Harley-Davidson. I don't know anybody at Harley-Davidson in Vegas. I just called them like, hi. I go, we um, are over here at Las Vegas, and we do this TV show called Glow, Gorgeous Ladies of Busting. We need somebody with a Harley, and I need to be on that bike ASAP. They sent somebody down, and we came through with the, with the bike. And the cool thing about those shows were what I used to love to do is, you know, we would have to go through um, like a, like a sound rehearsal and 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 um, wardrobe on Friday nights. They wanted to see where we were doing stuff, what special. If somebody had fire motorcycles, whatever horses, whatever. So what I would do <clears throat> on Saturday mornings, I would get there really really early, and I would I like surprise on people's faces. I don't want people to know everything that's kind of going on in wrestling. <laughs> so I used to hide a bunch of stuff under the ring beforehand. Um, I'd also have all the uh, camera guys. I'd ask them, can you guys lay down some, you know, uh, cords over here for me that look like yours, I would say, and then take them down so that I could pick them up. And then, I, of course, I would use those and wrap those those around somebody's neck and throw them into the audience. And I would use those as props. And I love the look of surprise on someone's face when they don't know it's coming. It's, it just it makes me happy. <laughs> now, were you, like, how familiar were you with professional wrestling coming into GLOW? I know you said going into the audition, you know, you didn't really know it was going to be yeah. wrestling. But was that something you were aware of as a kid growing up or – no, not at all. I, honest, I'm going to be honest, because you want honesty. Yes. I never even watched wrestling back then. I, mm-hmm. I just, that wasn't my thing. You know, it, it just wasn't. It was like, I, I've talked to younger girls these days, which is a whole different day and time. They're like, oh, Hollywood, you are my favorite, or I used to watch it all the time. And I think that's so great to have that passion for something. Mine, again, like I said, it was late in my life. I had no idea about it. I didn't know anything so it was just like there was an opportunity given and i took it and i'm like and i'm going to run with this some people said well why didn't you do more acting why didn't you do more of this and i said i loved what i did i knew there was less people doing what i was doing than being an actress you know and i'm like i'm going to do the wrestling you know and and i continued to do it afterwards a lot of the girls in glow if you look around they, they pretty much you know, a lot of people got married, moved on, had kids. It wasn't for them anymore, but I loved what I did. And I started working for other independent companies that came, um, that were in California. And then it came to the point when WW, they were called WWU, um, after the day. Obviously, we all know that. And when right. they came, 
to my town, I was right in the middle of a broken leg. I broke mm. my leg in three places, and they came, and I wasn't really... I mean, I went down there, but I was limping badly. So that wasn't my time, and that's okay. I would have no regrets at all not working for any bigger companies. Mm-hmm. How did Wrestlelicious so, come about? Uh, Wrestlelicious has, let's see, um, Steve Blanche, the writer for GLOW, and John Caffarella, who was doing a lot of work with GLOW, and those two were putting Wrestlelicious together. Um, you know, I didn't work, uh, you know, see, yeah, I didn't work, a, if you look, there's nothing on, I mean, I was on their roster mm-hmm. for their their next season. Um, but I didn't know, you know, I would, they, I don't think they were sure if they wanted to use any ex glow girls, kind of like David McLean, not using any ex glow girls for his show, which was wow. Okay. You know, and I was tight with both of them, but you know, sometimes they want brand new faces. They don't want people affiliated with the, the show before. Yeah. Which, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, because at least but I then get you'd it. be bringing in an audience, you know, of people that are interested from people that have previous work. Exactly. Yeah, and then also you'd be there almost as a way to sort of even mentor the new the new girls coming in. Exactly. I I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's 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 more on their part. You know, I I'm one person that I can glow. You know, when you get a bunch of girls together, you get a lot of drama. You guys have to know that. Oh my God, it's just and I am not about that. I stay out of it. I'll be right in the middle. I don't like the whole. I just I think it's yeah. I rather if I hear two people bitching and complaining. Farmer's daughter used to do that all the time, and oh my god, I would drive me nuts. I finally would look at her and go, "Shut up!" I go, "Stop talking! Quit complaining! Nobody wants to hear it." And she's like, "Hollywood!" And I'm like, "You know what? You're lucky I stayed to your face." I go and sit behind your back like everybody else does. Stop complaining. These people pay good money to see us in this bar that smells like booze that you can't handle right now. <laughs> Oh God! My goodness, was who was who was the uh, the personalities there? Who was who was fun to deal with? Who was you know one that you were close with, and, and who was difficult? Yeah, all the girls. Well, you know what? Remember, we have four seasons in Glow, so the first and second season is the season where you get away with everything. And uh, Vine and I were very very close. She was from Canada, um, so we were we we were always doing the same videos together or little little. Um, uh, comedy sketches together. I loved Americana, but, you know, they wanted heel and baby face to stay away from each other. Um, in the in the third and fourth season, when we had new faces, I, I, first of all, I loved Emily, Emily Dole, who played Mountain Fiji dearly. You know, we yes. roomed together a couple of times, and she was hilarious. Me and her, we would laugh so hard. We just got each other. You know, when you can just look at something. We heard I could look at a person or place or thing, and be thinking the same thing, and then you'll start laughing without even talking. So she was fun to hang out with, and the five I hung out with, and Lightning, who was also a baby, uh, baby say she, you know, she lived real close to me, so we became really good friends um, during and after the show, you know, after those shows were over. Right. How was Jackie Stallone? She's a nutcase. (laughs) 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 Oh, bless her heart. You know, she was just out there. But you know what? Whatever works. Strong personalities are good, and I think it always adds more character to our show. And you know why we used her? We used her. She she wasn't 
you know, she was just the, the good girl's manager. They used her, you know, just for some publicity for our show. Right. And Aunt Kitty was our, was our, was my, um, she was the bad girl's manager. And she actually was the director's um, aunt. And um, so that's how she got in the show. She was a funny lady. She was great, great lady. She passed away, plus her soul, about two years ago. Right. Her aunt Kitty's longer with us anymore. But she was funny. The uh, the documentary that came out, um, you got to reunite with a lot of a uh, lot of old faces. The ladies, oh yeah, that was um, that was interesting. That was fun. That was two guys out of Texas, Brett and Brad, um, and they when they were kids, they loved glow, and so they thought, well, where are these girls? So they thought, well, this would be a neat idea. Let's try to find them. And do something, and and that's how that happened. And um, wonderful guys, I, I'm glad that they did it because they got everybody together. You know, I hadn't seen a lot of the girls, and you know, I, and then there's some that there were some that didn't even show. There are some ladies that want to be found, and some that do not want to be found. So people are like, well, where's Vine? And Vine's gone. I mean, maybe she. I mean, we never. I know she's somewhere out there, but I have not seen Vine since she left. Wow, really? Um, in our second season. Yep, in the second season, done. She, one day, you guys, she was there, and the next day she was gone. She didn't say goodbye. She didn't see where she was going. She, I mean, and we were close. We, we roomed together. We did everything together. She was gone. Took off. It's kind of like high school where, you know, them. you graduate and yeah, everybody goes yeah. their separate ways. Right. Well, yes, exactly, like high school. Yeah, it's gone. So how do you make the transition after GLOW into stunt work? That, the responsible person for that was Lightning. Cheryl started getting into the stunts, and, you know, we're good friends. Her and I are doing odd jobs after that, this and that. We're modeling. We're, we're Jägermeister girls, Budweiser girls. You know, we were doing all this miscellaneous stuff while we're wrestling, you know, and um, she started getting into it. She said, you need to come on the set. I'm like, okay, I thought I will. You know, but she was way into it more than, than I was. I wanted to still keep doing more of some TV stuff and some modeling stuff. She says, you got to come down. So I went down, and the first thing that I did was, um, I think it's Beyond Walkness. Yeah. And I have to double for this woman uh, who was going to be thrown off a boat. You know, that she, she's out on the lake on this little this little rowboat thing. And, um, yeah, uh, the... the, the the uh, lockness is supposed to come up on the boat, and then I have to take a... I remember my cute genie, she's seen your face. <laughs> you look like you were petrified. <laughs> I go, well, at least it was good for the shot. And I go, I was. I go, I look at the stuntman who's been doing this for 20 years, and when they yelled action, I looked at his face, and his face was in horror, which made me more nervous. <laughs> you know, and then they had these such hydraulics underneath that went, oh, and it pushed the boat up, and we just had to take a fall into the water, but boy... I wish I would have gone into that, like, way back in the day when she was like, start, Jeannie, start doing it, you know. But so I did a few things after that. And, and right now, um, I'm crossing my fingers to work down um, in Atlanta on one of my favorite movies, uh, excuse me, shows, The Walking Dead. I love that show. I've watched every season, and if I could be a zombie and get my head chopped off, and <laughs> that's just an, oh, it'll be so cool. That would just make my day. What's your What's your specialty with stunt work? 
you know, I don't. I, I can hit the, the the ground hard. Obviously, I don't do high falls. That I, I'm not a fan of it. But anything just falling, I don't really have one other than just you know, I'm you do it falling all. hard. Yeah. Yep. 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 All right. Let, let me ask. But I don't you, like heights. I, I want to ask you about uh, plumbers don't wear ties. Oh my god! You know how many emails I get from that? <laughs> I can imagine. Did you ever see it? No, you can play it online on YouTube. Yes, you can. Yes. I, all over the place. <laughs> That's something I did in 1993, I think it was. I was helping out a friend. I was actually doing a, um, a fashion show. And at the fashion show, um, there was a guy that was always there at, at the show. Oh, it, was like at a, it was at a restaurant where we would do this fashion show. We would do it um, once a week. And he asked me if I would want to play this character named Jane. Um, on this plumber don't wear, wear ties kind of video game. I'm like, sure, I go, I'll do it. You know, and I had some lines and stuff that I had to learn. And I tell you, I never heard anything about it until probably the last two or three years. And the emails, <laughs> yeah, the writer was Michael Anderson, which I remember out of Pasadena, California. And just, you know, people either laugh or they're like, oh, God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. I go, it probably is. And they're like, did you know what you were doing? And I'm like, we really never got to see the whole thing put together. We were just doing these little scenarios. Had you had you played it until recently? Um, you know, I remember that somebody giving me a DVD of it. I didn't even, I, I looked at it for a second <laughs> and went, eh. <laughs> I, no, it's, it's pretty corny, but... Amazing! Did you see the hits on YouTube on it? Oh, it's amazing! It's off the charts. It's a it's yeah. a huge cult hit now. Totally, isn't that funny? I had the funny thing that you say that I think I had some guys from Amsterdam, and they told I think it's Amsterdam. They told me that I have a huge fan club back there. <laughs> <laughs> it helped to laugh, and you're like, okay, well, thank you guys for watching. You know, you please say thank you. I guess. Yeah. You you mentioned your following. Where can people find you uh, to communicate with you on the internet? You know, they can go to the Facebook pages, um, which is Holly Space Anna's and Mary Space Wood W O U L D. So Holly Space M Space W O U L D. What's the M for? That one. Uh, Marie, I just put for my middle name Marie Holly M Wood. Yes. So, so if you want, if they want me to add them, if they go to like a regular Facebook page, it's way over the top. You can't do any more there. So it's got to be Holly Inwood. And then um, I have a Twitter page too, and I think that's. Gosh, I don't even know what my Twitter page is. I'm going to tell you in a minute. But um, <laughs> you, uh, you know what you didn't. You know what you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me, young man. Um, my <laughs> other websites. Go, you have more. Wrestlingbabe.com. Yes. Uh-huh. And what can, go look that one up. I'm going to do it right now. And you're Jay Basone on Twitter. Um, but let me see. Wrestling. I am. Let's see this one. I just go to it. Let me look at mine. I think it's Glow Hollywood, you guys. Glow no, Hollywood is my Twitter. Oh, wait. There's also Glow Hollywood is also a Twitter. Well, then who's this other see, that's the one. That is that's on me. Be honest. Are you uh-huh. sure it's me? Somebody's, uh-uh. This other one's a fake. On yeah, there's a the it's the fake, fake one has. I'm at glow. I'm at glow Hollywood. So it's Twitter at G L O W, and the way you spell Hollywood H O L L Y W O O D at Glow Hollywood. That's and there's a nice little cartoon of you. There it is. That's the one. All right, perfect. perfect. 
Now tell us about this uh, the other website though. Wrestlingbase.com or HollywoodProductions.com. They want to say, if you went to Hollywood W O U L D Productions.com, that's another another uh, wrestling site that I run. I hire other girls. We do a lot of uh, wrestling um, customs in there. Um, I have another company in Tennessee called Southern Wrestling Girls. Dot com. You could look at that, and that's some girls here in the South. And see, I go back and forth. I'm in Los Angeles, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'm going back and forth to L.A. to work and then do a little work here in Tennessee. Very nice. Well, Hence The Walking Dead in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. What can we do to get on there? Who can we call? <laughs> I know, right? Right. We need, we need me to get my head. Well, the stunt coordinator, he's working on it. They're working today, actually. They're working today. One of my friends is, uh, is a zombie. I'm waiting for her phone call. Because they've got to put a bunch of contacts in your eyes and then bore you all. Oh, I think it'd be awesome. Well, keep us updated, and, and hopefully we can talk Thomas. again sometime. I would love that. That would be great, you guys. Thank you so much. You have a wonderful rest of the day. All right, you too. Thanks, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. So, Craig, did you watch Glow a lot? Um, I wouldn't say a lot, um, but it was definitely something that um, I, I did watch on occasion. It was on, what, Saturdays? Yeah, no, it was on after after WWE a lot of times. And I remember it was also on at some point after they had uh, roller derby in between. But I watched oh. this. I watched this every week. I, I adored Glow Wrestling. Mm-hmm. I had a lot yeah. of I had a lot of hormones as a kid, I believe, and I also found the comedy sketches just to be so so hilarious. Well, yeah, that was kind of the cool thing with it. It was kind of a, a, a neat little alternative to WWF programming in the sense that it was all women, but also they did do those the, the comedy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really more of like a variety show. It was uh, it was a really you know crazy thing. You know, you had you had all these you know personalities in my memory. I remember storylines, but I don't ever remember anybody switching. You know, mm-hmm. I seem to remember, unlike WWE, where the storylines would change things in advance, I remember it almost being like a reset every week, you know, where it was like, you know, the, the, uh, there was the, like the Russian one that was feuding with the American one, you know, there was like the clean cut one feuding with the, with the bad girls. Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, it, it was always, you know, the same dynamic and they'd switch it up a little bit, but I loved it. I just thought it was such a great show. They put out some DVDs, which I've purchased, which uh, everybody should check out. And the documentary I've yet to see, but I've heard wonderful things about it and I've been waiting to see it as part of the show. I think uh, at some point, you know, we'll see if we can, uh, uh, you know, take care of that and, and, and let people know how that is. But I've been looking forward to it uh, just because I, I remember so much about, you know, watching this. Do you remember that they, they were – a lot of times they would be in like um, uh, Las Vegas Casino, I think the Riviera maybe. Okay. And they had – there was a pole, like a, a pillar that was mm-hmm. right next to the ring. And they put it there on purpose so that that way they could throw each other into it occasionally. But it was like, it was such an odd dynamic to a wrestling event that you'd be like, uh, nobody thought to move the ring over a couple feet. We got a, yeah, oh, that's funny. Uh, she was my favorite though, man. I loved, I, I loved, uh, well, I loved the concept of Hollywood, the city. 
as a kid. Yes. I still do. Mm-hmm. And so I was attracted to that. But she had crimped hair, which she was the first person I ever saw with that. And I think she may have inspired the trend. Uh, but I had her poster on the wall. And and again, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked that – you know, I had like, you know, a paper route, but I really didn't because I was too lazy to have a paper route. But I could have had a paper route. And she's on national TV. Yes. I mean, that shows you girls do mature faster than guys. Yes. I mean, yes. Can you think about when you were 20 or 21 years old. Could you imagine being in that position? You'd screw it up, right? Oh, totally. I mean, yeah. I, I would, I'm sure like on the first day where they told me to do something I didn't want to do, they'd be like, you know, oh, your, your lunch break is going to be postponed by 10 minutes. I'd be like, well, I'll go make my own glow and I'd leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, 20 year olds are dumb. Uh, <laughs> it is a testament when you see somebody like that that succeeds at such a young age. Yeah. And they had a pretty, pretty deep roster too oh, for yeah. such a specialized federation yeah exactly i mean they not only did they have such a, a a great roster but you remember ivory ivory was you know she yes. was an alumni of uh of glow and i always remember when she came out on wwe tv i was like oh i i know this woman uh yeah. and i checked out my old vhs cassettes <laughs> and who was the um the, the the big woman they had that, that I, Mount she Fiji. ended up on Married with Children that as well. Was, yes, she did. That was Mount Fiji. Okay, uh, I, I, there was Mount Fiji and there was Little Fiji. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was good times, man. I'll tell you, I really, I really had a lot of fun watching that. Uh, and and again, uh, there's probably some clips on YouTube, but I got to tell everybody to play Plumbers Don't Wear Ties. Craig, are you familiar with this? No, I saw it when we were, you know, looking to do the interview with Jeannie, yeah. and I saw it was a video game, and I said, oh, you know what? We definitely have to talk about that. Oh, my goodness. All right. So uh, this was like one of those video games that would always stand out because the title is so strange, but it was for 3DO, which I've never owned, although I did work at a video store that had one, and so I, I did play this game, you know, back then. But it was just one of those things that even if the memory of playing it, because it was one of those uh, choose-your-own-adventure type, you know, Dragon's Lair type of games. Uh, um, only it was live action. And even if uh, my memory of playing it at the time may have faded over the years, the title never left my mind. And so anytime somebody said 3DO, you know, anytime I was looking at, uh, you know, a, a price guide, I'd always look for it. It was just one of those things that I was like, oh, yeah, that was that crazy, ridiculous game. And uh, the, the, the deal with the game was you're going on this, you know, this thing and you, there's bosses trying to take advantage of you and and she's the heroine, she's the lead and of course there's sexy plumbers who don't wear any ties. <laughs> the, the very cool thing though is if you go on YouTube and you search for the plumbers don't wear ties intro, it's an actual you can actually play it. You know, they they just took the video clips and they made it so when you get to the end of it, it's like, do you want to go in the room or out of the room? And somebody uploaded every single clip as a different file. And so you can do the whole choose your own adventure thing on YouTube, which is just amazing. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So that one, I think the surge in popularity uh, came about with people collecting video games. And I know the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd, which is a, uh, a uh, online series of videos where he, he makes fun of uh, old video games. He did an episode on it, which I'm sure uh, brought some popularity. But the fact that in foreign countries, fan clubs are popping up. 
<laughs> just just overwhelms me. So, Craig, uh, other than Glow, what do you remember about female wrestling growing up? I pretty much remember um, Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah. Oh. Uh, and pretty much, uh, you know, the, you know, the mid eighties, early eighties, WWF women's wrestling yeah, before they disappeared and then, yes. and then came back. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was a real lull in the middle. Um, let's talk about Wendy Richter. Wendy mm-hmm. Richter was such a big star. Wendy Richter was so big that when they did that, um, the special on MTV, the, uh, uh, it was like the, the big, um, crossover. What did they call that? The, the rock and wrestling or yeah i think it may have been called rock and wrestling but it was like it was an mtv wwf special and uh they had the war to settle the score oh, okay yes and so they had cindy lopper in the corner of wendy richter fighting against fabulous moolah and mm-hmm. at ringside is wendy is cindy lopper's good friend mr t yeah and that was at msg in new york yes. which at the time was pretty much you know like you know, WWF home base. Yes. No, exactly. Um, but here's the, here's the deal though. There was a whole card in the arena, but they only showed, you know, on TV, they only showed, uh, uh, you know, Wendy Richter was, was a big part of what you got to see on TV, which was really something. I mean, you know, the, the feuds they were going with was, you know, that Hulk Hogan fighting with Roddy Piper and Cindy Lauper and, uh, and Wendy Richter fighting against Fabulous Moolah. Wendy Richter would headline events. There would be, you know, that's how they did it. It's kind of like how now you do, uh, you know, your, your WWE would do, the WWE champion or the world heavyweight champion on different cards, you know, they'd often be like, well, Hulk Hogan's not here. The main event is going to be Wendy Richter versus Leilani Kai or fabulous Mula. Mm-hmm. And she was also the only female that appeared on the cartoon as well. Uh, no, the two of them, I believe did. I okay. believe Mula's uh, in, in the cartoon as well, but she was the only good one. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. was, she was huge. And at this point in time, women's wrestling, I remember they had, Women's tag team champions. Remember that? Like the jumping yeah. bomb angels. They had a they had belts. Yeah, there was a period where WWF had a lot of titles. <laughs> yes. Well they still do. They yeah. you know, they they I think every now and then they're like, Oh, we gotta get rid of these titles and then a few years later they're like, you know what would be better? <laughs> they had more titles. Uh but do you remember the original screw job? The uh which is which uh, by the way has got to be wrong. I'm sure there's been plenty of screw jobs before mm-hmm. this, but the Wendy Richter Mula screw job. Yeah, where she fought the spider. Yes, Wendy Richter yeah. versus the spider. Yeah, and basically what? Wendy didn't want to do the job to Mula because Mula was an older woman at that point. No, no, that's oh, that's okay. not even it. I mean, that may be okay. part of it, but mm-hmm. the deal was um, Mula showed up. Wendy wanted more money. Wendy yeah. would go to Vince and say she wanted more money. And 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 a lot of people have talked um, poorly about Wendy Richter over the years for a bunch of different reasons. Um, I know King Kong Bundy has said that that she would yell at Vince and and get in arguments with him, uh, very loud and obnoxious arguments. I know that uh, Iron Sheik said he bought her beer and she yes. wouldn't sleep with him, and he got very mad at her for that. But 
a lot of people had problems with Wendy, and, and I'm sure there's an equal amount of people, or at least a lot of people that uh, that really got along great with her. But the point is, um, she wanted more money. Vince didn't want to give her more money. And so, as you know, in wrestling, very easy to fire somebody, very hard to get that title belt off of them if they still have it. Uh, there's, yes. there's the famous story about Jeff Jarrett, his contract expiring, and they did the good housekeeping match where he got paid the highest payday he's ever gotten because he had to lose that title on TV and he had all the negotiation power. Yeah, and it pretty much sealed his fate with, you know, where his career would go and and where he'll sort of fall in the history of professional wrestling. That is why when uh, when Raw and Nitro did the simulcast and Vince bought bought Nitro, which ended up becoming Shane buying WCW. But the whole mm. thing, that's why when Vince was looking at the TV and there he was, <laughs> J-A-R-R-E-T, Vince says, well, what will he be doing tomorrow? He'll be F-I-R-R-E-T. <laughs> so anyway, um, Wendy Richter comes into this match with Fabulous Moolah. And it's supposed to be the spider, which is a different woman in a, in a spider costume. But Moolah comes out, and it's clear to everybody watching, this is not, you know, the woman that wrestles as the spider. But the theory yeah. is that Wendy Richter looked at her and said, well, I guess they put Moolah in the costume for some reason. I guess mm-hmm. the spider got sick backstage, and, and Moolah threw on yeah. the gear, so I got to do this match. So the match then ends with Moolah winning in a fast count. Now, I have heard Mm. Wendy Richter talk about this, and Wendy Richter says that back then, as much as wrestling was fixed, the referees were part of, um, they were part of like the Sports Athletic Commission. So she said they were not really in on it, and so a referee wouldn't fix a match back then. You understand what I'm saying? The, yeah, the yeah, referees yeah. were you above that. Like a, you know, a Hebner. Yeah. yeah. So they, they wouldn't do that then. A few years later, they definitely would. So she said that when the, the fast count happened, she couldn't believe it. She had no idea what was going on. But she still didn't know what was going to happen when she got back to the dressing room. She didn't know that she was fired. So she hits Moolah with a bunch of fake punches and kicks as well as real punches and kicks. She does some wrestling moves. that She does a backbreaker that Moolah doesn't help her out on. It's a weird scene. I mean, it's it it looks totally fake. It looks a hundred percent fake because I think Wendy. I think her deal was she was like, I don't know what to do here, so I'll go <laughs> cafe on this until I find out otherwise. Mm-hmm. So she went in the back, and that was it. She uh, she went to the independent promotions, and then essentially disappeared until she uh, got inducted into the Hall of Fame in two thousand nine. Yeah. And on a one of her, on her shoot interview she did, she stated that she never spoke to Mula again. Oh, uh, for the rest of Mula's life? Yeah. Wow, yeah, no. So. Um that's interesting. You know, Mula was uh at least rumored or uh her reputation was that she buried a lot of women she didn't like. And uh, I guess there wasn't enough room for both of them in that division. Yeah. Now you had a chance to meet Mula, right? I know. I've, I've I've never met Mula. If I had a chance. Oh, okay. Wow. Well. Yeah. When she wrote her book, uh, I guess in the early two thousands, she did a book signing right here in my home, where I'm currently living. Um, and I went uh, actually for my my girlfriend at the time. Her her dad wanted me to go and get him a signed book, so I actually went on his behalf right. and uh, you know uh, got the book signed. And she was really happy to sign his name because it was the name of her late husband. Oh. Oh, that's pretty yeah, cool. What, so, what was his name? 
Walter. Walter. So that was Mola's. Yeah. That's interesting. The thing with Mola that is uh, is always interesting is her and and May Young lived together. They you know they shared a house mm-hmm. and they were as close as could be. I I you know after Mola's husband died, which is you know they were you know they were always there for each other. May amazingly outlived Mula just because I always looked at the two of them and thought that May would go first. Oh, especially with some of the stuff that May did in the ring well into <laughs> her twilight years. I mean, she's got a record for what wrestling uh, yes. a woman wrestler in the most decades. She had that match where she was arguing <laughs> with the Bellas and then put her foot on, I think Layla. I don't remember, but yes. What was it? Six different decades. Yeah. Or something? something like that. Cause she wrestled within the past couple of years. It was on an anniversary episode of raw. It was, it was embarrassing to say it was a match though, but, uh, but yeah, no good for her. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I dig that. Now, um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, were you with me at Madison Square Garden when May Young took her top off? The bikini contest. Yeah, I was that. At, I guess that was that was a pay per view, right? That was at the Royal Rumble 2000. Yeah, you know what? I think we were both at that event uh, and we met I, up, but we I'm were in confused as to how this would not be the most exciting moment of your young life, Craig Cohen. <laughs> I don't quite understand how this didn't totally uh, make your day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know either. I'm going to have to go back and watch that pay-per-view. Uh, yes, she um, she 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 flashed it, and uh, Mark Henry covered her up. And then all the judges all voted her the winner. <laughs> and the judges was like Andy Richter and then a bunch of like old time WWE guys. I, I, I seem to remember it would have been after Gorilla died, uh, but I seem to remember like maybe, maybe Blassie was still around and maybe he was judging. I mean, it was a lot of old, older WWE guys and they were just waving excitedly the, uh, the full 10 points, you know, for, for May Young. But I remember there being a little controversy afterwards that Madison Square Garden said, Hey, we've never had nudity in this building as part of any show we have ever promoted. You're not allowed to do that here. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, no, it, that's understandable. I mean, there, you know, there are performers that have been arrested for, for less. And, and WWE said that, uh, uh, that she wasn't nude, that there was, you know, that, that she had a prosthetic over top of everything. So we'll, we'll never know. Only Mark Henry knows for sure. Cause he was, well, was, yeah. Uh, and I'd imagine that if you're the president of Madison Square Garden and May Young comes to you after the <laughs> event and, you know, and says, um, Really sorry. I didn't mean to do what I did. I mean, how are you going to stay mad at me? I was in the moment. I was excited. <laughs> uh, China. China, a woman's wrestler who wrestled men. And I think uh, for all the, the stupid parts of her of her career um, I and, and life and, and, and a lot of the wacky mm-hmm. things she's done, I think she – as a as a woman's wrestler, I think there were a lot of good performances she had when she was in the ring with guys. I think that she she had a match with Chris Jericho that I think was pretty good. I mean, you know, I think Jericho yeah. can get a good match out of a lot of people, and I think he got a good match out of out of Joni Laurer. Yes, <laughs> and even did that whole run where he was the one that hit her, broke her thumb with the uh, the little hammer, right? <laughs> I think so. Yes. 
yeah. she's done a handful of movies, uh, none that we've done yet, but maybe one day we'll dig up like illegal aliens, I think. The one with Anna Nicole. That's what I was going to say. Yes. So she's done a handful of movies, uh, including that one she did with X-Pac, which I don't want to review. I know Captain Marvelous wants to. He uh, does. Wants he wants to, to, to do to One that. Night in China. This is her adult film. Yes, or the the uh, the She Hulk one. She, she did, did the She Hulk one, and she also did one. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but uh, there's one that has parodies of other like Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. And oh yeah, it's like a Royal Rumble. Yeah, and type I believe thing. she's in yeah. that. Um, yes, but yeah, no, she's uh, well. Maybe maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we want to. If we want to. Um, if we want to sink that low. Hey, uh, Stacey Keebler, <laughs> woman's yes. wrestler, very leggy. We talked about her last week when we did yeah. the four lousy cameos because of her cameo in Pecker. Mm-hmm. She's also in Bubble Boy, Big Mama's House 2, <laughs> and Liberty Heights. Oh, wow. Okay. Big Mama's House 2 I saw, and I saw in theaters, and I don't remember her. So I'm going to have to go back and watch that Yeah, movie. Bubble Boy, I seem to remember going back to uh, – it was like on cable and looking for her and finding her. But I, it's it's now slipped my mind. Hey, you remember I posted on our Facebook group uh, a trailer for one of Gail Kim's movies. Yes. So Gail Kim, uh, one of the best TNA uh, – what do they call their women's wrestlers? Knockouts? Knockouts. Knockouts. One of the best knockouts in the history of their, their uh, promotion – and uh, also, you know, wrestled in WWE. Not as stellar a career for whatever reason in WWE, but uh, she's done. She's done some time doing movies as well as wrestling. Yeah, yeah, and also married to the host of Restaurant. Impossible. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So yeah, I, I heard about this. So tell me about this show. Have you seen it? Yeah, actually, they did a WWE themed episode. Uh-huh. Well, Restaurant Impossible. Yes. Every week, the guy. He basically accepts a mission to create a meal in an impossible situation. It's like you're going to go to the rodeo and you're going to make a meal for all the rodeo performers, you know, something like that. Um, so one year before SummerSlam, the, the, his mission was to prepare a meal for all the WWE superstars like a, a uh, and, and VIP guests yes. and, uh, I know in the kitchen he had, like, I think the Miz and Big Show helping and him. Santino. So that might even be how he met Gail Kim. Could be. Could be. Or maybe the yeah. other way around. That's how he hooked up, hooked up with them to do the gig, you know. Yeah, yeah. Gail Kim. Um, but, yeah, uh, I remember JR was cooking some uh, some ribs or, or barbecue chicken in the back. And then he was like, well, I got to get going. Uh, you guys keep an eye on this. They'll, they'll turn out fine. And then everybody forgot about them. So the guy's like, I have to throw these out. We must start yeah. over. And then Santino was like, how about if I used the cobra to, to scramble eggs, you know? And, and Santino was just like ridiculous to the point that you could almost see the guy was like, what, what path should I take here? Do I play along or do I pretend yeah. like I'm annoyed? Which, which one makes for better TV? Sable, yeah. Sable, Brock, Brock Lesnar's <laughs> wife. Yeah. Who I yeah, who uh, I assume cuts the crust off his peanut butter and jelly sandwich every day at lunch. I would like to hope so. I hope she's taking good care of Brock. But Brock Lesnar's wife, Rena Marrow, uh, I guess she's now Rena Lesnar, uh, the former, yeah. you know, she was married to Johnny B. Bad before that. <laughs> As Mead Mark Marrow. That's right. I remember when, like, she was around, I was like, Sable is the hottest, uh, you know. 
now. And uh, and somebody was like, "Oh, you're so funny." And I was like, "No, she's you know she's really good looking." And they're like, "Oh, you're you're ridiculous." And I'm like, "What? What?" And they're like, "You're you're joking." And I was like, "Why? Why would you say that?" And he's like, "The the big fat black guy." And I was like, "No, that's Mabel. That's Mabel. <laughs> Not Sable. <Yeah>. Different wrestler." <laughs> Now, uh, the, the, the interesting thing about Sable is she seemed to uh, fall into that pattern where it seems like if you're a wrestler, don't bring your wife into the business. <laughs> but it happened with Randy Savage. It yes. happened with uh, Dustin Runnels. Well, no, uh, wait. Now, did it happen with Randy Savage? She didn't run around on him, though. They, they, the, 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 uh, their relationship broke up, but this is not a Kevin Sullivan and woman. Oh, no, nothing like that, or, or I guess a, a Matt Hardy and, uh, and Lita situation. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, I don't know when Brock came in the picture, but think about that. She didn't go marry just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> she married another wrestler. Yes. And wasn't Sable uh like uncredited in an early WrestleMania? No, no, we okay. thought she was. No, yeah. this was actually um it, and it looks so much like her. Yeah. But mathematically it doesn't add up. She would she she just wasn't that old. Yeah. Um, but we had a theory that maybe WWE shaved 10 years off her age to to make it work and she just was one of those women that kind of looked young. Uh or, but she but no, she uh it was it was on the uh the big event or no, the wrestling classic. The big event, by the way, if you get a chance to check it out, is the closest thing to a WWE pay per view from the eighties that never was a pay per view. It was a okay. mammoth event mm-hmm. in Canada. But uh it was it was called the Wrestling Classic and it was a tournament and the the babe that was showing off the tournament looked so much like her. We were like, It's gotta be her, you know, and this was when the internet was somewhat in an, in its infancy when when we were watching this uh, maybe a decade after it had happened and and we couldn't find anything to disprove it so we decided we were right <laughs> yeah and the funny thing about sable was in the attitude era she was arguably the most popular diva and now they don't really mention her no despite the fact that her husband's on tv he must not want her mentioned yeah and she's not she's not in the hall of fame i mean it just seems really weird that for as big as she was, she's almost forgotten. Yeah, no, it's weird. I I met her um, a number of uh, do, during the during her run. Okay, mm-hmm. during the Attitude Era, probably around ninety eight, she was doing an autograph signing, and they were like, "We have King Kong Bundy, Sergeant Slaughter, and Sable." And so, um, so I saw the line, the line went around the block, you know, yeah. gigantic line. So I got in this line, and everybody was there to see Sable. Everybody. And so after about maybe a half hour of me being in the back of this line, they came up and they were like, is anybody here just to see Bundy or Sergeant Slaughter? And everybody's like, we're not here. Bundy and Sergeant Slaughter. They'll be forgotten in 20 years. But yeah. Sable. <laughs> and I was like, I'm here to see everybody, you know? Yeah. And the guy's like, uh, come with me. So he brought me up and he's like, uh, he's like, cause I spent like, 15, 20 minutes talking to Sergeant Slaughter. I've, I've told this story to you a, a thousand mm-hmm. times, but I talked to Sergeant Slaughter about the first match that I ever saw in person, which was him versus Kamala. And Slaughter and I talked about this match for, for quite a long time, and he remembered a lot of the spots from the match. He was like, oh, and then this happened. And I was amazed, although I think a lot of that was that he did that match 50 times. Yes. <laughs> and it was it was ingrained in his memory. But he was great. Bundy was just awesome. Bundy was such a nice guy. And then they were like, uh, all right, now you can go see Sable. And I was like, well, that's fantastic. So I saw her, got my Polaroid with her and then walked past this line of humanity. Yeah. 
So, um, Medusa Maselli. Yes. She was another one that had a very controversial exit from WWE. Toss that belt in the trash can, Craig. On Nitro. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She she did exactly what uh, Bret Hart didn't do. Yes. (laughs) She's done some movies, by the way. I haven't been able to find any of these, but uh, she's done some. Kimberly Page, we've talked about. She's got some cameos that are not lousy cameos. So maybe one day we'll do the Kimberly Page really good cameos. Yeah, and maybe even bundle it in with uh, with some of the smaller roles that DDP's done. Oh yeah, perhaps he's done he's done some good stuff. Kimberly Page, forty year old virgin, she's in. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's in Seabiscuit uh, in a scene that I, we've talked about, and I haven't gone back to look for, but you know, apparently she's in that. And then she's also in Rat Race, which is a movie I really like. I got to go back and see if I can find her. I think what I've noticed is when she appears in movies, she does a good job at trying not to look exactly like we're used to seeing her. You know, she plays, you know, a character and and kind of changes her look a little bit. Yeah. Rat Race, by the way, another movie that I saw for the first time as a bootleg. Really? (laughs) Yes. Wow. So, So, uh, but that one was a lot easier to watch. Well, uh, I think you should explain this because not everybody listened last week. You talked about how you had seen Die Hard 3 on a bootleg. What was, what's bad about that? The quick version for anybody that doesn't know. Uh, It was just the quality. It was uh, an old school VHS camcorder copy. And for a big, huge action movie, it's very hard to sort of keep track of what's going on on the screen. And, uh, and just not a very, you know, not an ideal to watch a, a big, summer action movie for the first time i guess that'll that'll wrap this one up bring it to a close craig cohen thank you so much for for talking to me today yeah this was an excellent and uh we had so much fun interviewing uh genie uh, genie basone fantastic fantastic wrestler stunt worker actress really fun to talk to her thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time right here on camel clutch cinema so you want to wrestle, huh? You're too little. We got ushers bigger than you. Leave. I got to take a crap. Don't you see? Your skills plus my skills in the ring. Tag team. Howard Patrols is John Triton. What are you doing up there? Staying away from you. No more rhymes now. I mean it. Anybody want to feel it? What's that smell? Down goes Jimmy King. Oh, my God. A four-post massacre. No one can survive this. This isn't even a pay-per-view!